and welcome to the April 21st episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on infrastructure in Angola, Mozambique, and Senegal, U.S. investment opportunities in Cape Verde, Timor-Leste's first mining licensing round, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Flipa, over to you. We start this week's episode with news that the Green Climate Fund is committing over 253 million US dollars to the AFC Capital Infrastructure Fund to back infrastructure that can withstand the impact of a warming planet. This investment is the largest equity investment in Africa ever performed by the 12 billion US dollar International Climate Finance Facility. In Angola, the government decided to extend the implementation period of the privatization program, PROPRIV, for another three years until 2026 to complete the sale of 73 more companies. By extending the program's deadline, the government hopes to effectively meet the goal of reducing the direct intervention of the state in the country's economy. National reference companies, such as Sonangol, Indiama, Bodiva, TAG, Aldeanova, and Simangola, should start their privatization process in 2024, while the new international airport of Luanda, Tevecabo Angola and the Enza Insurance Company are expected to be privatized in the stock exchange this year. The National Agency for Oil, Gas and Biofuels is preparing a tender for the exploration of 12 blocks, four in the Lower Congo onshore basin, and eight in the Kwanzaa onshore basin. The 2023 licensing round aims to relaunch the exploration and production of hydrocarbons in onshore areas, reassess the existing oil potential in these basins, mitigate the decline in production by increasing exploration activity and discovery of new resources, and stimulate the participation of small and medium-sized oil companies, as well as promote technological innovation and good governance practices. The tender is open to national and foreign entities who must submit their bids by 4 November 2023. ExxonMobil is considering a 15 billion US dollar investment for the development of oil and gas reserves in Angola's offshore Namib basin by 2030. This investment is largely based on the assumption of commercial viability and follows the improvement of fiscal terms as expressed in the Memorandum of Understanding jointly signed in Luanda by the country's general tax authority, ExxonMobil and Sonangol. The National Agency for Oil, Gas and Biofuels estimates investments of up to 200 million US dollars in seismic surveys and the drilling of an exploration well in the blocks by 2024, with the development of a large commercial discovery expected to result in revenue of between 20 billion US dollars and 40 billion US dollars for the country. The Angolan government announced an investment of over 4 billion US dollars in the water sector until 2027. The amount will be injected into the development of new water collection, treatment and distribution systems, which will increase water supply in the country, improving the sanitary conditions of the population and fighting waterborne diseases. Recently, the government decided to develop a program of structural actions that consists of the construction of canals and transfers between basins, as well as the construction of dams with reservoirs for rainwater accumulation, including the rehabilitation of dozens of dams in the provinces of Kunene, Namibe, and Uila. In these efforts, the government is relying on the engagement of multilateral entities and credit agencies, 
such as the World Bank, the African Development Bank, and the French Development Agency. The government also announced the rehabilitation works of the road sections of Kuitu Kwanavale, Mavinga, Rivungu, and Kayundu Kwangar in a route of about 600 kilometers to facilitate the road connection between Angola, Namibia, and Zambia. Besides the rehabilitation of these road stretches, important customs and trade infrastructures will be carried out in the borders of Angola with the republics of Namibia and Zambia. These works will facilitate the movement of people and goods between the municipalities of the southeastern and eastern part of the province of Kwando Kumbango and will significantly increase trade between the three countries. The Angolan president greenlighted the 1.3 billion euro contract to be awarded to Siemens Mobility for the construction of the Luanda Light Rail Yellow Line. The project entails the construction of a 39-kilometer double-track line with 24 stops that will link the port of Luanda to Kilamba with a rolling stock maintenance depot at each end. The contract also covers the supply and commissioning of a fleet of 68 four-car LRVs, as well as the supply and implementation of technological services such as signaling, telecommunications and traction power systems, and the traffic control system. A representative of the U.S. State Department visited Cape Verde in search of investment opportunities in the archipelago, particularly in the area of renewable energies, infrastructure and technology, having stated that the country shows immense potential in these areas and that it is strategically placed to be a gateway to Africa. During the two-day visit, the special representative met with Cape Verdean government entities and visited the future technology park of Praia and several small businesses. The Cape Verdean government also believes in the country's technological potential, reaffirming its commitment to positioning the country as a digital hub in Africa, with the capacity to attract reference investors, digital nomads, export goods and services, create a community of entrepreneurship and skilled jobs for young people, and enhance the centrality of its diaspora. Cameroon and Equatorial Guinea have signed a bilateral cooperation agreement to expand cross-border oil and gas development. The agreement will focus on developing and monetizing cross-border hydrocarbon fields, particularly the Yoyo field in offshore Cameroon and the Yolanda field in offshore Equatorial Guinea, both operated by Chevron. The two countries also hope that this step will accelerate the development and launch of various other fields. The Commonwealth Enterprise and Investment Council hub for Cameroon and Gabon was recently inaugurated in Douala, Cameroon, with the aim of bringing new business opportunities to the countries and strengthening their economies. The Cameroon-Gabon trade hub is expected to be instrumental in the diversification of the two economies, as well as allowing access to new markets, especially among the Commonwealth more resilient economies. The International Monetary Fund is planning a 3.5 billion US dollar assistance program to support Côte d'Ivoire in its national development plan. The IMF assures that it will fully support the reform program of the authorities and welcomes their strong commitment to fiscal and debt sustainability, as well as the development of a more prosperous and inclusive society. Côte d'Ivoire and the IMF had initially discussed a loan of 2.6 billion US dollars, or 300% of the country's IMF quota, which was ultimately increased to 400%. The agreement must now be validated by the fund's executive board. Mozambique's Minister of Public Works, Housing and Water Resources, Carlos Mosquita, 
and representatives of North American financing agencies met in Washington, where the financial agency of the federal government of the United States of America has shown interest in supporting socioeconomic development projects in Mozambique. The agency expects to do so both through direct financing and mobilizing resources in cooperation with other partners. Among other matters, the main topic was to present specific infrastructure projects to be carried out in partnership with U.S. companies and financed by those institutions. Several structural projects were presented by the Mozambican government, among which were the rehabilitation of 464 kilometers of road, estimated at 450 million U.S. dollars, and the construction of the Muera Dam in Capo Delgado province, estimated at around 120 million U.S. dollars. The Mozambique LNG project, operated by Total Energies, in collaboration with the Mozambican Local Content Technical Group and French business association Evelyn, held a business seminar in Paris earlier this month, aimed at promoting partnerships to maximize local content, mainly in the oil and gas sector. The initiative, which was attended by representatives of Mozambican business associations and about 40 international companies, looked to identify areas with potential mutually beneficial synergies between Mozambican and foreign companies, intending to maximize local content, both inside and outside the oil and gas sector. Portugal's capital Lisbon was ranked the best European city to combine business and leisure, dubbed Blazure. Using data from Airbnb, TripAdvisor, and other sources, travel goods brand Carl Friedrich analyzed the ratings of co-working spaces, the range of luxury accommodations, the leisure activities offered, the average Wi-Fi quality, and the safety index score for each city. Despite the termination of Portugal's golden visa scheme, Applications submitted after February 16 will be processed, and new applications may even be filed until the end of May, when the new housing legislation is expected to come into effect. In Senegal, DP World has started the construction of the multifunctional port of Ndayane, located about 50 kilometers from Dakar. The project represents an investment of over 1 billion US dollars and is now the largest investment of DP World on the African continent, and also the largest private investment in the history of Senegal. Scheduled to be operational in 2026, the Port of Diane will provide modern infrastructure and allow Senegal to accommodate the largest vessels in circulation and handle larger volumes of traffic. It will develop the transport economy and strengthen the country's position as a major trade hub in West Africa, and also generate numerous opportunities for the local economy, create jobs and increase the attractiveness of Senegal for foreign investment. DP World Dakar also plans to build an industrial economic zone near the port and Blaise Diagne International Airport. This zone will become an integrated multimodal center for transport, logistics, and industry. Finally, Timor-Leste launched the public tender for the award of mineral rights in the country. The government approved the opening of areas for the carrying out of mining activities in the country and the terms of reference of the public tender for the award of mineral rights for the exploration and mining of metallic minerals, gemstones, industrial minerals, radioactive minerals, rare earth and coal in said areas. In order to be eligible to bid in the public tender, bidders must first pre-qualify with ANPM, the national authority in charge of regulating and supervising the mining sector. The pre-qualification phase is ongoing, 
and bids should be submitted by 22 May 2023. enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.marandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Filipe Monteiro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.